Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 77 of Wellness and Wanderlust. I don't know about you, but 77 feels like an extra lucky number to me, so I feel so lucky and happy that you are here today. However you found the show, or no matter how long you've been listening, thank you for being a part of this journey with me. This episode is brought to you by my friend Lizzie at the Reclaim the Rebel Academy. For those of you who tuned into episode 73 of the show just a few weeks ago, Lizzie is a nutritionist who helps clients transform their nutrition, movement, and mindset through radical acts of self-love. Lizzie has launched the Reclaim the Rebel Academy, an eight-week program that will teach you how to ditch the diet industry and silence your inner mean girl, help you improve your body image, teach you to listen to your body, and much, much more. The program starts on March 31st and is limited to the first 20 students. So if you are interested in joining and learning more, you can tap the link in the show notes. Also, if you purchase before March 22nd, you'll receive a signed copy of Lizzie's book, Reclaim the Rebel, which is an absolute must read. I absolutely encourage you to check it out. Now on to today's show, we are chatting with the lovely Erica Fredenberg, a health and mindset coach and registered nurse who helps healthcare workers break free from burnout. Burnout is officially recognized now as a medical diagnosis from the World Health Organization, and it is more prevalent than ever before, so I think it's so important that we talk about it today. In our conversation, Erica and I talk about how to identify our own sources of burnout and what we can do to overcome it. We also discuss boundaries for creating a better work-life balance, how to be more present in our lives, ways to build our confidence, and a lot more. You're really going to love this one, so enough from me. Without further ado, let's hear from Erica. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Well, I am super excited to have you on. Before we dive into today's conversation, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, of course. So my name is Erica. I am a health and mindset coach. I am also a registered nurse. I've been a nurse now for, oh my gosh, over nine years. I don't know don't even remember, and have been a coach for a little over a year. I grew up in Northeast Ohio, moved to Texas for about eight years, and now I'm living back in Northeast Ohio close to my family. Yeah, so that's a little bit about like what I do. And I'm loving working as a health and mindset coach. It's something that really kind of speaks to me. And yeah, it's just a really big part of my life. I really enjoy it. And I have, let's see it stuck in the snow right now. I have a dog named George, who I absolutely adore, who absolutely loves the snow. I hate the snow, (laughs) but he is just loving it. So he is loving our living up in Ohio outside of the Texas heat and it keeps him very busy. So it's a little bit about me and yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm super excited to chat with you and talk all things stress and burnout and you know, how we can create more balance in our lives and really how we can work on our mindset and just create more confidence and be healthier and happier. Wonderful. And I think George has to be so happy right now. I know our dogs um, (laughs) in South Florida do not, do not love, you know, how hot it can get. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm sure he has to be loving it. Um, when we get a cold front, the dogs, just the, the level of energy just is like through the roof. Oh, I know. He's, insane. He loves, we have like, I think over a foot of snow. So he just runs out there and like an idiot. And it's, it's kind of funny. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you're a health and mindset coach. Mm -hmm. You've been in the healthcare industry for quite a while. Tell us about your wellness journey and kind of what led you to what you're doing now. Yeah. So when I moved down to Houston, I was not working as a nurse yet. I took my nursing boards down there and the whole time down there, I worked in a level one trauma center and it's very busy. It's very high energy. It's very high stress. Um, I worked in an orthopedic trauma unit. And so I worked bedside, working directly with patients for about six years. And I started getting a little burnout and I just wanted something different. I needed a break. So I, at that time, I transitioned to away from the bedside and worked as a case manager. So still in the healthcare field, still with my same trauma patients, but something a little bit different that I thought would kind of help relieve me of that burnout. And I guess that now looking back at that time, 
I don't know if I categorized it as like quote unquote burnout. I just was like, I'm so over this. I can't do this anymore. Like I hate my job. Like I need something different. I'm not happy. So I switched and it, you know, it helped for a little while, but it just spiraled into like a different kind of stress, you know, different kind of, oh my gosh, what can I do next? Like, how do I get out of here? And obviously with nursing and working in the healthcare field, you don't have a ton of independence when it comes to, or I guess like autonomy sometimes when it comes to your schedule and like getting time off and stuff like that. And being from Ohio, my whole family still lives up here. So at the time, obviously they were still up here. I was quite a ways away and I hate missing out on birthdays and holidays and every family event that I wasn't here for and only being home a couple times a year. So I was really looking for something that allowed me a little bit more independence, allowed me my freedom. But also I was also looking for a change. I was looking for something that allowed me to feel more like myself and not feel like I was tied down to something. So those were clearly those are personal reasons, but reasons away from my health. But at the same time, I was trying to understand like how to make myself feel better. Like, how can I get more energy? How can I relieve this stress? How can I manage my anxiety? I deal with a lot of anxiety. And so I started learning a little bit more about holistic health. And my friend and I decided we were going to do this health coaching thing. (laughs) Coming from the Northeast Mm -hmm. Ohio, I had not ever heard of going through nursing school. We didn't talk about holistic health. And it just wasn't something that I was aware of when I was in Ohio. So like when I get down to Houston, it's a big melting pot. There's so many different things. So all these different modalities and different thought processes and ways of life are coming at me. I'm like, wow, there are so many ways I can heal myself and even help other people heal. And being in the healthcare field, you see people who may have not taken care of themselves or can do so much more on their own to make their lives even healthier and happier. And managing stress and managing anxiety was a big part of that. So it really started learning, you know, started out with me learning how I could heal myself. How could I manage that burnout? How could I heal from it? How could I manage my stress and put it, not put a stop to it, but learn how to navigate that and manage my anxiety and get that under control without it spiraling into panic attacks, which it had begun to do. So that's where health coaching started coming into play. And I went to, got my training through IAN, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and kind of did a few different things, you know, was strictly a health coach. And then I did a couple other things, tried to really, you know, niche down as they tell us to do. (laughs) And it took me a little while to figure out exactly who I wanted to help and what I wanted to do. And at first I was not focused on healthcare workers. I was not focused on nursing. I think I wanted to be so separate from that because that's where I was burnt out. It was like, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to help other people. I am not focused on healthcare. And I think once I got to Ohio and really started, I got back into nursing, I got back into bedside and I'm like, what am I doing? I know these people. I know how they're thinking. I know what their day looks like. I know how they feel. We're all burnt out now. What we're almost two years into the pandemic and burnout is everywhere. Stress is everywhere. And it's at the top of people's minds. It's on social media everywhere. And I just knew that with my healthcare background and being a nurse and my training as a health coach, this is what I could do. This is how I could help people. I could help them combat burnout, learn to manage their stress, manage their anxiety like I did, and kind of feel like themselves again, feel more in control and really find that confidence to take over your health and put yourself first instead of putting everyone else before and letting your health mentally, physically, emotionally suffer. So that was kind of a long story, but that's my journey. (laughs) I think that's so inspiring, though, because I think you became that resource that you probably wished that you had had all those years ago. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think having someone who has been there and a resource to go to when you're you're like on that verge, you know, you're on the verge of throwing in a towel because you just know that you can't take it anymore. And having that resource there is something that I wish I would have had, or I wish I would have known about, you know, back then I didn't know that there were these resources out there. And now I do. And it's like, I want to be that resource. I want to be that person that can help you 
feel like yourself again, you know, not feel like you're drowning every single day. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that has to be even more so now, as you said, being two years into the pandemic. And for those who don't work in healthcare too, the uh, the levels of burnout, I mean, the CDC finally re- recognizes it. And mm-hmm. I think Mental Health America did this mental health in the workplace study. And it wasn't just that people were struggling with burnout and that maybe it was making them less effective in their roles or, you know, maybe a little less cooperative, but people were so burned out that they're actively, and I hate to say this, but a lot of people were actively working almost against their company in a way, or, you know, not able to get along with people at that point, because they're just, we're at that point. So you're really doing a service that is very much needed right now. Yeah, well, thank you. And you made a good point. It's not just healthcare workers. Everyone Moms that are at home, people that are working from home, teachers, corporate America, anybody and everybody is burnout. The service industry, everybody. So it's not just healthcare. I think that's what I'm focused on because that's what I'm a part of. But everyone can burn out and everyone, a lot of different roles and different aspects of people's lives are burnout. Even, you know, at home, people who are not, maybe you're not working, but you can become burnout just working at home, taking care of your kids. Yeah. I think taking on that homeschooling role for so many was, I I think it finally gave people the respect for teachers that they maybe Mm -hmm. should have had for a long time. (laughs) And and then certainly for healthcare workers as well, for the amount of burnout and the amount of work that they have and that they continue to be putting in. So with the time that we're living in, it's not only just these unprecedented levels of stress, but then with the pandemic going on, sometimes we can't even deal with the stress in the way that used to be normal to us. So what are some of your tips to kind of get started with recognizing our burnout? Because I think sometimes we don't realize it. Yes. And then starting to take those steps forward. Yeah. And I think, you know, it can be hard to recognize burnout before it happens because it's sneaky. It kind of creeps up on us and we don't really notice it because we just attribute it to like, oh, this is just stress because they're very, it can be hard to differentiate and stress does lead up to burnout. So that chronic stress that's never taken care of is what eventually is going to burn you out. And that's the tricky part because burnout, it's really sneaky. It's really creepy and it's a gradual process. So you don't often see it happening or you don't, you're not saying, Hey, I'm burnout. Hey, I'm burnout. You know, you know, really like, or and some people don't want to admit that. Like we don't want to admit that we can't do something or that we need help. And, you know, especially for sometimes nurses, we're just like, nope, we can do it all. Like I can do it. I can yeah. take care of it. I can take care of everybody. Don't worry about it. I don't need to take care of myself. It's cool. So we always are putting everyone else before our own health. And so I think it takes being able to recognize is this burnout. And we oftentimes see, you know, that overwhelming exhaustion where kind of no amount of sleep is going to relieve it. We start really feeling cynical towards like our work or, you know, the people around us and our moods really start changing. We just don't really love the things that we used to love and we don't want to do the things that we used to love to do. And I know for me, when I was going through burnout, you know, I just hated going to work. I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to go. I don't want to talk to anybody. I was super irritable, very snappy, very impatient. And I started losing my compassion. I'm like, which is not a good thing when you're taking care of people's lives. You need to be compassionate. You want to have that compassion. And that's a really crappy feeling. So I think some of the best ways that we can start managing and learning how to manage stress and dealing with burnout is one, you know, ask yourself what you need when you're finally able to recognize like, okay, I am suffering from burnout. I need something different. You know, ask yourself what you need. Is it a change in pace? Is it a change in workplace? Is it time off? You know, looking at how much self-care you're performing. And we often see that like self-care is selfish, but it's if it's not, if we're not being selfish towards ourselves, who are we supposed to be selfish towards? Is kind of the thing that I like to say. It's like, who else are we supposed to be selfish about besides ourselves? You know, that's the one thing that we're allowed to be selfish about. So I think asking yourself, like, what do you need? Do I need to take a break? Does my work environment need to change? You know, sometimes it does mean making a change in jobs, leaving a facility that 
you just don't feel comfortable in anymore. Something that you maybe don't feel safe in or doesn't make you happy or changing careers altogether. I think burnout, especially in the healthcare field, is coming from so many different angles. We're overworked, we're overloaded with too many patients. And for nurses, we're too many patients and not enough staff. And now we're just try- constantly, I feel like, trying to defend ourselves and our job and our like worth in the environment. And now we're seeing a lot, I'm seeing it because I'm a part of that world, capping travel nursing pay and trying to cut that off. So we're doing a lot and almost like going above and beyond trying to defend ourselves. And that can be exhausting. And that constant stress and emotions and mental and physical exhaustion are peaking. And that's where we're hitting burnout. So I think a lot of it is also out of our control. But one of the best things I think we can do in our work environments is use our voice. So speaking up for what you need, if it's more help, more staff, um, you need time off to help combat that burnout and practice that self-care. Or maybe it's like equipment, stuff that would make your job easier. You know, even if you don't get what you're asking for, I think speaking up and using your voice can make you feel stronger and can start building that confidence to say, hey, I am important. I do deserve this, this, and this. And this is not working for me. This is causing me too much stress. So I'm going to go ahead and leave this stressful environment and do what makes me feel happy and makes me feel more like myself. So those are a couple of things I think definitely help and having like an identity outside of work. Oftentimes for nurses, we claim that identity almost, but we forget that we're not just a nurse. That's what we do. That's not who we are. We are human. We have lives outside of our job, but sometimes we have a hard time separating that. We have a hard time separating work from our home life and having that separate identity. So it's just like constant stress and it's like leaking over into our daily lives. So it doesn't give us a break. It doesn't give us that chance to practice self-care. It doesn't give us a chance to have fun and enjoy outside of work to help combat and beat burnout. You know, I love what you said about that identity piece too, because I think we we don't give that enough credit, but mm-hmm. that's something that certainly plays a role. I mean, I am very far from the healthcare industry, but I work in community engagement in my mm-hmm. company. And so I'm very involved in the community and some of my networking contacts ended up becoming personal friends. And so there's sometimes that blur a little bit and yeah. being very careful of, is this something when I say something, is it representing my company or is it representing me? And that can be really exhausting. And I also think for many of us as women, we have this blur too, because if you have kids at home, you might be checking email at weird times mm-hmm. of the night and it's it's leaking into time that you know maybe you and your spouse might be taking some time together. There's, I think, more of that fight, I think, a little bit for women to... I had one even say recently something along the lines of like that for a very long time in her role she almost had to like pretend she didn't have a family at home and that it was yeah and that's exhausting yeah pretending to live basically a different <laughs> life <laughs> yeah yeah rather than maybe the workload being changed a little bit and mm-hmm. things being adjusted so that we can you know set those boundaries in place because when i shared with listeners that we were doing an episode on mindset and on burnout the number one question that came in was how we set those boundaries for kind of that work life balance and i will say those questions mainly came from female listeners yeah definitely and that's and that can be really hard to do because you know, you going along with that identity aspect of it, like you said, especially as women, I think we have a hard time, not, I guess, purposely have a hard time because we want to help people. We want to be there for everyone, you know, have that instinct to just help. And for me, when I left nursing, when I came home to Ohio, I didn't work for a little while. So I left nursing, I took a break and then I did a work from home job. And before I went back to bedside, And stepping away was hard because my identity was so wrapped up in being a nurse in that I often felt so much guilt that I wasn't working as a nurse. And that was almost a point of exhaustion where I felt like I was burning. It's weird to say, but like burning out from thinking about it, but still burned out in a sense as a nurse because I was just constantly feeling this guilt of not 
being there, not helping people. And, you know, especially during the pandemic, like, oh my God, I'm not on the front lines, quote unquote, front lines. I'm not helping. I'm not doing this. I'm not taking care of people. But I think one of the best ways that we can start setting boundaries, segueing into that for healthier work-life balance is taking the time to make ourselves a priority. So making your health a priority and letting go of that guilt, letting go of the guilt that you are putting yourself first and you're putting other people on the back burner. And sometimes that means your family. Sometimes that means your patients. Not that you're forgetting about them and you're not taking care of them, but we can't take care of those around us if we're not taking care of ourselves. So if we're letting our batteries drain, if we're letting our cups become completely empty, we can't take care of anybody. We can't take care of ourselves. We can't take care of our family. We can't take care of our patients if you're in the healthcare field. So I think that's something that can be really hard for us to do is let go of that guilty feeling of making yourself a priority because you may not being able to say yes all the time. And saying no is another way to set that boundary for a healthy work-life balance. (laughs) So getting comfortable with it, it can be really uncomfortable for us who are maybe used to people pleasing. So saying yes a lot and saying no can be really hard to do. And then it kind of comes with that little like, oh, that little guilty feeling like, oh, I feel bad. I said no. I feel bad that I'm taking some time to myself. I'm feeling bad that I'm not going to that party or I'm not picking up that extra shift because they tried to guilt me into it, but I stood my ground and I said no. So that's a really big boundary that I think is really hard for a lot of people. I don't know about for you, but sometimes for me, Mm -hmm. saying no can be a little difficult. (laughs) Yes. Something that made it easier for me, but it's still so, so hard is when someone told me one day the saying that when you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. And so when I am saying yes to that thing that I don't really want to do, and sometimes it's not even something I really have to do, but you don't want to hurt the person's feelings. So it's not, you know, they talk about like urgency and importance. It's not urgent or important, but you put it before the thing that maybe would actually fill your cup or in front of the people that you might actually, you know, need to spend your time with at that point. So that has helped a little bit, but it is very difficult sometimes to, to say no. And I think from a career standpoint, we want to stand out, we want to be helpful and useful. Mm -hmm. And then when you're in, you know, a helping profession, you also want to be serving, you know, your patients or your customers or whoever that may be. So that can be so hard, but when we don't show up for ourselves, we can't show up for the other people either. Exactly, exactly. And I like when I work with my clients, if they're if there's something they're having a hard time saying no to or feeling guilty about, I try to re- have them reframe it. And instead of looking as like, oh, I'm saying no to this, I'm saying no to that. I tell them, think of it as I'm saying yes to myself. So that takes mm-hmm. that like negative aspect out of it, that no aspect. And it kind of spins it to where it kind of shifts your mindset, it shifts your thought process to saying, I'm saying yes to me because in this moment, no is what I need to say. I don't want to do that or I don't need to do that. That doesn't feel right with me. It doesn't align with me. So think of it as like, I'm saying yes to me. I'm saying yes to myself. I'm saying yes to my health. And I think it gives it a little bit different feeling to it, kind of helps relieve some of that guilt. But saying no and being able to do that gives yourself that space and it kind of helps you create that boundary and gives yourself that respect to saying, you know, that doesn't work for me, but thank you. I am going to do this. And then, you know, just learning and becoming aware and becoming okay with making yourself a priority. And then also, I think another boundary, how we can set boundaries for healthier work-life balance. So it's kind of focusing on that work-life balance is finding something outside of work that is you, something that you enjoy, but allows you to release energy. So whether it's getting movement in, maybe it's just being outside in nature or taking a hot bubble bath or journaling, whatever it may be that feels good to you that kind of releases that energy. Because I think we have a lot of, especially if we're stressed a lot at work, if we are coming from an environment that's super stressful or just very busy, we build up a lot of like pent up energy, I think, inside that we don't release. So being able to find something outside of work that really brings out 
joy and something that makes you happy, but also kind of gives you a way to release negative energy or spent up energy in the form of some kind of movement, I think is a really great way to create some sort of balance between your work life and your home life and create that separation too, which I think allows to create that balance, having that separation because you know, okay, I'm at home. I don't need to be at work. I don't need to focus on work. Here's my separation. Something I told my some of my nursing clients, because we clock out, we all clock out at work. So I told them to find a, like a mental clock out period, like a moment that you allowed yourself. Okay. I allowed myself the ride home to think about work. I allowed whatever I my walk to the car whatever. But when I pulled in that driveway, this is my clock out. So I am clocking out mentally from work and I am clocking into home. I'm clocking into my home life. So it's just a, a neat analogy that I like to use. It's like, okay, you're clocking out at work physically. You're clocking out of your, this is your pay time, but we're always going to worry about it. We're always going to think about work as nurses. We take it home with us, but we have to find that moment or a time where we can say, okay, nope, this is it. This is where I'm clocking out. And now we're at home and we can do the things that we enjoy without constantly stressing and worrying about what happened in those 12, 10, eight hours of work that we just left. I was going to say that with work-life balance, I think one of the hardest things for us in terms of setting boundaries is kind of knowing when to shut it off and that many of us have email on our phones and all the notifications blowing up or we're thinking about what happened. I'm a big ruminator. And so if it's not all of the things that could potentially happen, it's what happened at work today and how should I have handled whatever and kind of going down the rabbit hole a little bit. So I love that analogy of clocking out. Do you have a suggestion for how we can do that for those who are working from home right now or in kind of a hybrid model? Yeah, I mean, I think because I did a work from home job for a little bit and I enjoyed it, but it was hard, I think, because it's like, okay, there's the office, there's where I work and it's just in the next room. So I think finding your time, whether it's hopefully, you know, not all of us have the option where our office is in another room, Um, you know, whether we're in an apartment, we're in a small space. But finding a moment, whether it's shutting your computer down, or if you're wearing headphones, you're taking your work headphones off, or maybe you make a cup of tea or make a cup of coffee at the end of the day or something. Just finding that moment where it's like work is done for the day and I am allowed to not focus on it. I'm allowed to not worry about it. I'm allowed not to think about it. I am allowed to enjoy. I'm allowed to have my time off. So if you're in that environment at home where it's not, you're not leaving the physical space of work. You know, for those of us who are going to work, we're actually physically leaving, you know, we're getting in a car, we're coming home, but those of us who are just maybe going to another room or, you know, being in the same room, we're just closing our computers down. I think finding an action or a moment that we do every day after work that allows us to kind of signal our brain that says, Hey, work is done. Let's do something else. Let's focus on something else. We don't need to worry about it anymore. So, you know, finding that moment, like I said, maybe it's shutting down your computer, it's making a cup of tea and it's like, okay, work is done. I'm allowed to relax. I don't have to think about it anymore. And, you know, we all worry about work. So I think giving us time to maybe process the day too is helpful. So maybe that moment is 30 minutes after your scheduled time to be done with work. So that's why for healthcare workers and nurses, I say, you know, we worry about work. I bring it home. Sometimes I dream about it. I think about it all the time. And (laughs) like, it's not healthy. It's not helpful. It keeps me up at night and can really mess up your sleep and lead to even more burnout. So allowing yourself maybe that drive home to like process it. And then the minute that you pull in the driveway or the minute that you go into the house, it's like work's done. I allowed myself to process it. Maybe you journal about it that night, release all of your thoughts from work. But yeah, if you're working from home, just find that moment. And if you need time to process the day, give yourself you know, maybe 15, 30 minutes to process the day. And then whatever moment you choose to help signal your brain that it's time to turn off and it's time to clock out from mentally clock out from work. I I really love that because I think that we don't really allow ourselves to process it. Mm -hmm. Instead, we do just kind of go to those unhealthy patterns of lying awake in bed, ruminating over it or (laughs) (laughs) making up things that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Venting to everyone for hours on the phone and and not enjoying the the very few hours we have before we go to sleep. And 
I love the idea of even journaling it too. I'm starting mm-hmm. to get into journaling a little bit more and just getting your thoughts down on paper. And it's kind of, because I do feel like once it's kind of out of you, you know, as you talked about with the energy moving, I mean, once yeah. the energy kind of moves through, it still could be scary, especially working in yeah. healthcare. You, you, you know, you're worried about your patients and you want them to be okay. And you might be thinking about that, but at least you kind of have processed a little bit more. And I think being able to journal about it is, is just a healing way to, you know, move about your day too and put yourself first. Yeah. And I think it's what's helpful about it too is, especially if there's something particular that day that you were really worried about and that's like really stressing you out, it's hard to let that go. And our thoughts get super complicated so they can get away from us. And I know for me, sometimes I would create, I would be so worried about something specific that it would spiral into a story that was just made up. It was like, wait, that didn't even happen. But I was so worried about something. My thoughts were just going, 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 and were very negative that then they created a whole different scenario. So I think getting all of that out on paper allows us to see our thoughts and kind of rationalize them and see them for what they really are. And it makes them less complicated. If we try to figure everything out in our head, it's like a math problem. Like this, I heard this on another podcast before, and I can't remember where it was, but he was talking about how complicated and like difficult our thoughts can be. And trying to like process them and figure them out in our head is really hard to do. So it's like a complicated math problem. You're not going to figure it out in your head. You're going to write it down. So writing down our thoughts allows us to process them, allows us to see them objectively and look at them and be like, oh, well, that thought makes absolutely no sense. Or like that didn't happen. Or it just releases them. It's like, oh, well, that really wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And then our mind has space to do other things, has space to think about other things instead of those few thoughts that we have been ruminating on all day long. Mm. Yeah. As someone who cannot do math in her head, I definitely relate to that one. (laughs) I can, nope, nope, can't do it. (laughs) No. It's it's a great analogy though, because you know, we had someone on the podcast a couple of months ago talking about our inner narrators. And mm-hmm. there is that runaway narrator who makes something up. And and that's so true that not only do we ruminate, but we're thinking about things that have not happened, things that could happen, things right. that will never happen, things completely yep. out of the realm of possibility, but they're all yeah. there. And that's where our, you know, our anxiety is coming from is our thoughts being kind of ruminating and being into that like future tense, like worrying about something that hasn't even happened yet and pulling us out of the present. So I think journaling really helps that. And especially kind of creating that balance and releasing some of that energy, that pent up negative energy from work allows you to release that and let go of that and bring yourself back to the present moment, which then is going to start helping relieve anxiety. It's going to help relieving some stress and hopefully on the way or kind of helping with that burnout aspect of it too. So it all circles back. (laughs) Definitely. And I'm so glad that you, that you mentioned that, you know, getting into the present moment a little bit more because you're so right with our anxiety, we're living in the future. Mm -hmm. I think with depression, we're often living in the past and all of these thoughts kind of swirling around us, we aren't being present. So I'd love to know for you, you know, definitely that journaling practice, but what other practices do you have for kind of staying present and staying mindful when things are getting a little bit more challenging and there's a lot going on? Yeah. So I, I practice meditation and breath work. I am not perfect at it. I am not always super consistent, but those are two things that I really enjoy doing. And I've done a couple in-person breathwork sessions that if you've ever done an in-person breathwork session, they're absolutely amazing. But I like using for meditation insight timer. It's an app. And then there's actually an app that I like using too. And it's literally just called Breathwork. And I use both free versions and insight timer has like thousands of meditations on there, all different things. So it's super easy. These two apps, I think for, especially if you're a beginner to meditation or to breathwork, these are two things that you can use as guided practices that can help you through these mindfulness techniques. So those are two things that I really like doing. And I try to do them in the morning and breathwork has really helped me like focusing on my breath and practicing breathwork has really helped me with my anxiety. 
especially when my anxiety kind of started leading into panic attacks. So Mm -hmm. that's something that really helped because I was able to, once I had a few of them and I started practicing more mindfulness, I was able to recognize my brain was able to say, Hey, this is a panic attack. You're really not dying. So (laughs) you can, you can focus on your breath. I can kind of bring myself back. Sometimes I still doesn't always help, but that's okay. We're not here to be perfect, but yeah, meditation, breath work, journaling is something that I like to do. And even though there's like two feet of snow outside, I like getting outside and especially being out there with the dog. So being out in nature and getting that fresh air really helps me, especially since I'm inside for 12 hours when I'm working, being able to be outside is something that really helps me and is another like self-care mindfulness practice that I like doing. I think all of those are really great tools. I hadn't heard of the Breathwork app, but I'm definitely going to download that after our interview today. Insight Timer is amazing. That's I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Because my mind definitely will wander. I really, I've tried a lot of different types of meditation. And for me, I really do need to stick to, at this point in my practice, definitely the guided. And there are just so many different ones out there that you can choose from. And so one person might not resonate with you, but somebody else will. Yeah, exactly. I think those are great. And I think they're great for people who are beginners too, because it's all about finding what works for you. So what I do may not work for someone else and what someone else does might not work for me. So I think self-care is very, can be very unique and looks different for everybody. So Mm -hmm. just because, you know, one person practices all these self-care techniques, you don't have to do those. You can do what works for you. It could be a very simple practice. It could be very complicated practice, but, you know, doing what works for you and finding that special self-care mindfulness practice that really makes you feel good, makes you feel calm, makes you feel happy, makes you feel like yourself is really important. So I think that's something important for people to remember that it looks different for everybody. Absolutely. That was something that really overwhelmed me kind of at the start of my own journey was seeing, I I hate to say, but a lot of these influencers, they have these amazing morning routines and the the beautifully curated everything. And I'm like, my my routine is not going to look like this. I'm also not being paid thousands of dollars to true, make true. the post look a certain way to be aspirational. <laughs> right. And, you know, I, I would love to get there. But same, same. Yeah, to know that, hey, it can look different for all of us. And sometimes it's going to be those really small steps that yeah. are going to make the huge impact. And knowing that, yeah, it doesn't have to look the same for me as it does for the next person. And even probably for everybody listening, we're all going to have slightly different things that we need. And that's really important too. Like you said, seeing all of the influencers and everything on social media, sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, like my self-care routine sucks. Like, (laughs) but it doesn't, it just looks different. And sometimes what you see on social media is not always the reality, but I think also understanding it doesn't have to look the same every day either. When I go to work, I'm not getting up any earlier to do my meditation and breathwork practice. It would probably help me, but for me, sleeping in a little bit longer is more self-care for that. And Mm -hmm. for a long time, that was hard for me. Like, oh my gosh, I was hard on myself. It's like, I should be doing this before work. I should be doing this, but I'm then gone for 13 hours of the day. So I kind of let go of that and that has helped release some guilt or these feelings of like, oh, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So knowing too, that it might look different every day and that's okay. Yeah. Kind of getting rid of those shoulds for sure. Yeah. Getting rid of, I should do this. I should do that. It should look like this. Yeah. Getting rid of the shoulds. That's a a nice word to toss out of your vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) And it's certainly one that that I experience a lot to this day. And I've had to realize, you know, you're so right that it's going to look different from day to day. And it's just because our needs are different. And I Mm -hmm. think really learning to understand what our bodies want and need, because I can think like, I am not particularly someone who naps. Today, I really Mm -hmm. needed, I think it was 15 minutes. And I cannot tell you how much better I felt from that. And right, I could have let the guilt get in the way that, hey, there's there's always something to do. There, your to-do list is never going to be done. No. Yeah. By doing that, I can be more present for this conversation, for my family, for mm-hmm. really anything I wanted to do throughout the day. But, you know, just taking those 15 minutes that was all that I actually needed was was huge. I love that. You know, I used to be 
a big napper. My mom's a napper and we used to nap all the time, but now maybe I just have so much going on in my mind. I feel like I can't nap, but those like just laying down, like you said, for 15 minutes can make such a difference. Yeah. Like now you go back and wish you could take all the naps that we did in kindergarten that we didn't want to take. Like now I'm like, can I go back (laughs) in the early bedtime? Like, can I go back to that and take those naps over? Oh, a hundred percent. I wish I was so angry having to go to bed. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, if somebody made me go to bed at eight o'clock, I would probably be a much nicer person. <laughs> You're like, sure, I'll go right to bed. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I did hear a hack for napping that I did not do this today. But if anybody mm-hmm. is interested, if you're interested, when you find yourself kind of falling asleep and you think, wow, I really need a nap, they were saying, and obviously anyone that's given up caffeine, maybe don't do this, but you take, you know, cup of coffee, go take a 15, 20 minute nap. And when you wake up, the caffeine has kicked in and you're kind of wired and ready to go. I've heard that. I haven't tried it, but I've heard that. Yeah. So I'll have to try it and let you know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> something something to keep in mind. I'm trying to cut the caffeine, but, and and I napped a little later than, than I'd want to drink it, but definitely something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, something to try. (laughs) Now, something else that you work with clients on that I found really fascinating and I'd love to know more about, you Mm -hmm. work with them to reclaim and build their confidence. And I think confidence is something that everybody listening to this show is amazing and doing incredible things, but we all struggle with that confidence, imposter syndrome, whatever you want to call it. What are some of those practices? What are the things that you do to work with them to help kind of reclaim that and rebuild that? Yeah, that's a really good question. And you made a good point. You know, we all struggle with it. Even we see people who we maybe envy like, oh, I wish I had that confidence. Even those people can struggle with confidence. The people that look like they are the most confident person in the room have their own insecurities and have can have their own issues with self-confidence. So I think that's something to remember too. You know, we all struggle with it. You're not alone if you're feeling a little bit low in your self-confidence, but I think some of the things that you can do to start building that is one, become aware of the words that you say to yourself. We are our harshest critics and we can be really mean to ourselves. And so pay attention to that inner dialogue about yourself, about your appearance, about your actions, about the words that are coming out of your mouth or any, literally anything that has to do with you. Watch the words, watch what you're saying to yourself and when you start becoming aware of those, so you're starting to practice these mindfulness techniques and you're starting to become aware of like the things that you're saying and you sort of like, ooh, that wasn't that nice. When you're starting to be able to do that, when you're starting to be able to become aware of the fact that what you just said wasn't the nicest thing and you wouldn't have said that to your best friend, you're not going to say that to your sister. When you start becoming aware of that and you're able to recognize it, that's when you need to start shifting it. So you need to immediately start saying something nice. I had my client do this before and she was really, really hard on herself. And I said, every time you think something terrible about yourself, something negative, I want you to immediately say something nice. I want you to start having really high self positive talk. I want you to hype yourself up, be your biggest cheerleader every single time something negative comes out. And she started doing that. And the negative self talk started decreasing and she started building her confidence and she started feeling better about herself and then doing things, exercising more, eating better, started doing things that gave her more confidence, started making her feel better on the inside out, all because she started changing the things that she said to herself. Because we're really mean. We are. (laughs) Aren't we? Like, I wouldn't say half the stuff to my friend. (laughs) No, absolutely. We would not. And if, if we did, we wouldn't have any friends. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) I think that's so important. And it's so right that, you know, it does lead to those better actions. Because I know for me, Mm -hmm. I, um, I have struggled from time to time with binge eating and that it always takes place for me when I'm in a low place. I'm, I don't binge when I'm happy, when I'm feeling good about myself. And usually you end up in that spiral of speaking down to yourself because you've gotten into that too. So it just you know, as I said, it spirals. And I love the thought of shifting it to something nice that if you're going to say the mean thing, at least also say the nice thing. And I've noticed sometimes I've done that. And 
I don't think that, you know, you start out with something like, you know, oh, I really like my nail beds or something like, you know, kind of small, maybe not, but it does really, you know, it gets better because you're shifting that. It does. Yeah. And it gets easier and then it becomes a little bit more consistent. And I think something else that you can do that's really kind of a small thing, but will really help build confidence is to celebrate like even the really small wins. So for some people, no matter what it is, for some people, it may just be getting out of bed that day. You know, maybe you're in a really low place and you're really feeling down on yourself. And maybe you are struggling with getting out of bed. Just putting your feet on the ground and getting out of bed could be your win for the day. And that could be someone's big win, but celebrate every single small win. It doesn't matter what it is. Doing the dishes, making your bed, getting a shower, taking the trash out. You know, start celebrating these small things because they all matter. Everything that you do, every good thing that you do, everything, every little win adds up. And when you start calculating those and you start adding them up, like at the end of the day, just kind of when you're laying in bed, just celebrate and congratulate yourself for all of the things that you did that day. And it starts boosting you up. It starts making you feel good. And when you start going over things, you're like, wow, I actually did a lot today. Because sometimes we can lay there and be like, I didn't do anything today. I didn't get shit done. Yeah. But then when you start listing it, you're like, oh, wow, never mind. I actually did quite a bit. Yeah. So celebrate them because they deserve to be celebrated. And every little thing that you do deserves a celebration. And people may say, well, that's, you can't do that all day. You can't, that's selfish. Who cares? Celebrate yourself enjoy it. And your I think your confidence will start building up because you will actually see you do a lot throughout the day, even if you don't think you do, or if it even doesn't look like it. Yeah. I think often we, we think of our accomplishments as being, you know, I won an award, I finished a big project or had some major life event. Yeah. Place. Like big things. Yeah. And it really doesn't have to be, and you're so right. I mean, mm-hmm. especially in a time where burnout is at the level that it is, and it can be really hard to do the basic adulting things when you get, you know, to call, yeah. to, you know, call your dentist and make an appointment and to do your taxes, yeah, yes. you know? Yeah. And I think there's, you're so right. Just those mo- mundane things make a difference. Yeah. They just make a really big difference. And like you said, when we're dealing with burnout, when we are burnout, when we're stressed to the max, it's hard to do the big thing. So then we get really down on ourselves because we're like, oh, we're not we're not doing all these big things. Everyone else is doing all this stuff. And I'm just here just living my life adulting. But when you're burnout, that is hard to do. That should be a celebration, you know, doing the things that may just be everyday mundane things. But when you're burnout, doing those things is an accomplishment. Because you could be utterly exhausted and barely have the energy to get up on your day off. But if you do, then celebrate that because it deserves a celebration. And I think something else that we can start doing to help build our confidence, I'll give you like another third thing is doing something that scares you. So even if it's like start small and you'll start building up to like the bigger things that are a little bit scarier. Now I'm not going to go jump out of an airplane to build my confidence or go hold a snake because the snakes absolutely terrify me. I'm not going to go do that to build my confidence, but maybe I'll do something small. Like maybe I'll go jump off a small cliff or like, climb a tall mountain, but do something small that scares you. And if you want to build up to those big, big things that are maybe absolutely terrifying to you because you've built your confidence that high, definitely do that. But I think when we start doing things that scare us, it shows us that we are capable of doing hard things and we can start building our confidence. We're stronger than we think we are. When we lack that self-confidence, we don't think we're that strong. But when we do things that scare us, it shows us that we are strong. And then our confidence, little by little, starts building up the more we do those things. So that's another way. That was a huge game changer for me personally. I remember I was someone who in high school, and maybe it was because of my crazy English teacher, but um, in high school, (laughs) I would shake before having to do any kind of presentation. And I remember getting out into the workforce and being asked to speak on a panel. And I knew it was going to have about 300 Mm -hmm. students in the room. And I was absolutely terrified by the thought of it, but I was like, I can physically do this. This is within my morals. It's not something that, it's just something that's scary to me. I'm not going to die if I do it. And it was scary. It ended up being way less scary than I thought it would be. And it's something that now I really don't bat an eye at 
which myself 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I would have absolutely been terrified, but I would have been so proud of this person that's doing this thing that I never thought I could do. And it's something I have to remind myself sometimes that the things that we're doing that we, when we are getting out of our comfort zones, the things that you're doing now are things that you may never have dreamed of being able to do. Right. That's a great confidence booster for me, but then that's something I need to look at too of what's that next thing that's a little scary to me that I can prove mm-hmm. to myself that I can do even if it's a little bit scary to me. Yeah. It's like how can you build on to that? Yeah. Maybe no snakes. Okay. No, I'm yeah, I'm not going that far. Like, <laughs> no, like even thinking about it makes me Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like mm, I don't need to be that confident. Yeah. <laughs> Am I going to okay. jump out of an airplane? No, you're supposed to stay in the airplane. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm good. (laughs) But I think that is such a great confidence boost and something that we we don't think about enough. But the things that that we have done in the past that have gotten us out of our comfort zones are those things that those do get you to where you are. Definitely. So I absolutely love that. I think all of these tips are fantastic. And in a time where I think every single person listening to this conversation has experienced or is currently experiencing some burnout. This this is an important conversation yeah. to have. It is. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to switch gears a little bit and just ask you a few yeah. more rapid fire questions as well so the listeners can get sure. to know. Perfect. I'd love for them to get to know you a little bit more. So to start us off, tell us your top wellness tip. Oh, so right now, so this is actually a product that I'm using, not sponsored. Of course, but I am using athletic greens. Have you heard of them? I have. Yeah. So I have put them off for a long time using, cause I'm like, I just didn't want to buy something else. Cause I try all the things, but I had been having some like gut issues and just not feeling that great. And I swear finding a product that works for you is one of the things, a sub, especially a supplement that's mm-hmm. going to help like boost your health, boost your nutrients. And I love probiotics, prebiotics, all of those things. And these have like a ton of adaptogens. Um, but it's something like right now that I'm loving using. And I've tried a lot of different things. So I think finding something that works for, for you is going to be really important. And sometimes it takes a little bit of trial and error. But I think if you're into supplements, finding a supplement that works for you and works for your body and not worrying about if it's like what someone else is using and or someone else is not using, finding that thing that works for you is going to be a game changer. Because honestly, something like this has been like for my gut health has been a game changer and has made me feel so much better and has given me more energy. And then it gets more water in me too, because it's a powder going in water. So that's another main tip of mine is getting as much water as you can. So it kills two birds with one stone. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. This I think is a sign that I need to try it. My doctor had recommended it to me. And oh, really? Yes. And I have never typed in athletic greens anywhere. And the day after my appointment with her, it oh, no. showed up as an You're... ad on Instagram and every- It heard you. Yes. And <laughs> I think every podcast I listen to and every time I go on Instagram, I see Athletic Greens and yeah. I keep telling myself, and I think this is the sign that when I finish the greens I have in the house, I really like Bloom Nutrition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really like their pre-workout. And so I figure when I finish mm-hmm. this one, I'm always looking to test things out. So that might have to be my next order. Yeah. And they actually taste good. Which is not common with greens. No, like I wasn't sure how it was going to taste, but it kind of has like a sweeter taste to it. And this morning I made it with a banana and like a smoothie and it was delicious. So I think I'm going to stick to them. I mean, it's not, health things are not the cheapest, but if it's something that's going to make me feel better, then I'm going to go for it. And if my mom goes like, what else did you buy? I'm like, don't worry about it. (laughs) But yeah, this is your sign. That's hysterical that you're, I love that your doctor recommended it, but this must be your sign that you should try it. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Now on a completely different note, where is your favorite travel destination? Oh, I love anywhere that has the ocean. So I love visiting California. I'm actually going to, we were supposed to go to Costa Rica, but we're switching and we're going to go to um, Seattle. So the Pacific Northwest next month. So the ocean is my favorite. My best friend also lives in California. So that's one of my favorite travel destinations. Another place in the US that's nowhere near the ocean. It's There's no ocean by it. Well, not a tropical ocean is New Orleans. It's one of my favorite cities. I like, I'm very aware of like how certain places make me feel. 
and like California makes me feel great. And I love the vibe and the energy of New Orleans. So it's one of my favorite places to go. And it used to be driving distance from Houston. So I liked going over. I love that. New Orleans was one where I felt really good as well. And it's just, it, it really yeah. is a fun vibe. Um, maybe stay off of Bourbon yes. Street, but <laughs> yeah, it gets a little dirty, but yeah. it's, okay. it, it's, a, it's a cool city. And it is, it has a lot of history. Yeah. I haven't been in California since, um, maybe since high school, but it's something that a hundred percent on my list. Cause I'd love to go as an adult. And then one of my best friends lives in Seattle and what a cool city. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to go. I wanted to go to Costa Rica, but I was concerned about, you know, with the pandemic, you have to test before you get back into the country. So that was my big thing. I was like, what if one of us gets COVID in Costa Rica? I'm like, I can't afford to not be at work. So I was like, maybe let's stay in the United States. So I'm excited. I have not been to the Pacific, like that Pacific Northwest area before. So I'm excited to get up over there and enjoy it and see what it's all about. So I'm excited. Oh, yeah. It is a cool city. You're going to really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Now, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? I would, let's see, normally I would probably say like, because I love dogs and I love wolves. Wolves are like one of my favorite animals. But like right now, like where I'm at in my stage of life, I would say a bird, but maybe something like a strong bird, Mm -hmm. like an eagle. And I think because I just think of freedom when I think of them, like the ability to fly wherever you want to go sounds really good right now. <laughs> I think that's about it. Oh, yeah. Especially with all the quarantines and go. lockdowns and everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm really craving that. So I'm just like, mm, a bird sounds good. I mean, I'd love to be a dog, especially in a nice human home that is enjoyable. But now I want to be able to up and go. And they really can't. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> If you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? Ooh, so this has nothing to do with coaching. It has nothing to do with nursing. This is completely out of the blue, but it has to do with the ocean. I would love to learn how to surf. Ooh, I would love to learn how to do that. So yeah, it's a completely different skill than has anything to do with like coaching and or health. I mean, I guess it's good for your health. It's a pretty vigorous exercise, but I tried it once when I was in high school and I went to California and it's really hard. I'm afraid of being eaten by a shark, but I think it's a would be a really good workout. I'm out in the ocean. I'm out in nature. I'm getting sun. It has all of those aspects, releases stress, and I think it would be a really fun thing to learn. I don't know if I'm going to go learn it, but maybe I will because I might be too afraid of the sharks, but, <laughs> but I think it would be a really cool skill to have. Oh, for sure. And it looks fun. It does look fun. You get a nice tan. You get to. I'll probably burn, but it's okay. <laughs> that would be me too. Yeah. But what a cool, what a cool skill. And I don't think we've gotten that one before. Yeah. You know, something different. I could get a coaching. I could get a new skill with like mental health or psychology or coaching or something like that. But I was like, no. <laughs> Well, I think I think that one is really, really awesome and and definitely unique too. And I feel like a great way to unwind. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and surfers seem pretty happy. Yeah, they do. So I don't know. They just seem <laughs> like they love life. So I'm like, I want that. <laughs> yes. And uh, my final question for you: What is next on your bucket list? Oh, so something on my bucket list. So this is something that I'm in the process of doing. Is actually leaving my staff job and jumping into travel nursing, which I'm hoping gives me the means to really allow my um, coaching business to take off. And it allows me to bounce around because I haven't really landed on where I'm living next. I'm back in Ohio and probably going to stay close to family, but I'm missing being out into like Texas and California. So that is something that is next on my list is travel nursing which then included in that is leading into building up my business and really allow that to take off. So then that could be my full-time career once I'm done with travel nursing. So that is next on my list. And that's something it's see, it's something that's scary because it's scary to leave where you're comfortable and going into places that I don't know the nurses, I don't know the staff, I don't know the hospital. And it's something that's scary, but it's, I think has so many good things that can come from it that taking that leap and getting out of my comfort zone and doing something that scares me will then make me feel more confident and will make me feel like I can, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can handle it. I did it. It Makes me feel proud of myself. 
And I know so many good things will come of it. So at the same time, then it's going to build confidence because it's something that's scary. It's something that's a little nerve wracking. So it's on my list though. It's in the process of being done. I just have to get a contract and quietly quit my current job. <laughs> I, I think that's absolutely amazing though. And it kind of gives you a little bit of that eagle, that freedom, get to explore, try out some new places and yeah, build up that confidence a little bit more and take your business to the next level. I think, I think that's absolutely amazing. And I know it's going to be a Thanks. great experience. Yeah, I, I think it will be. And there's so many good things I think that'll come from it. And I see my business growing from doing this because right now I'm kind of in a place where like, I think it's just the environment. I feel very stagnant mm -hmm. and this allows me to get out of that feeling, like feel more like myself and feel more aligned. Align is my word for the year. I choose words instead of do resolutions. So that is my goal for the year is to feel more aligned and feel more like myself. So I think this is something that allows me to do that and then get into my, grow my business and feel more aligned there as well. That's a great word. Thank you. I work with my coach and we actually do a retreat almost every year, a couple of times a year. And funny enough, she had us do these, they're called silver lining wishes. So I think they were created by a teacher and you write your wishes on like this little disintegrating piece of paper and you release it into like water and it disintegrates, but they come with little cards and the cards that I picked didn't know what I was picking, but I picked it up. It was all random. We all picked a different one and mine actually said a line and it was like, well, looks like I had already chosen my word. And then I picked the card and I was like, well, I guess my word's meant to be. Yes. <laughs> and it was perfect. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how that happens? Yeah. It's amazing how things know, I mean, not on purpose, but align and <laughs> show up in your life and kind of like show that you're on the right path or you have like chosen the right thing. So it's like, okay, well, I chose the right word then. Absolutely. That is that is a great word. I'm going <laughs> to definitely think about that for the future for myself as well. I do a word of the year yeah. and I really struggled with this year kind of coming out of a difficult 2021 and, you know, I'm already starting to think about what, what do I want to bring into my life in the next year and all of that. And mm -hmm. I think that is such a good one. I, one of the podcasters I listened to, I remember she was describing self-care. She said, sometimes self-care is doing those things that make you feel like yourself and I think yes. that's something yeah. the pandemic had taken away from a lot of people. Yeah, we are able to, you know, it, it, maybe life looks a little different right now, but finding those things and for yeah. you doing those things that are going to bring out that confidence and that sense of adventure, that's, you know, going to take you there. So I think that's going to be amazing. And I'm very excited for you on that journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am excited as well. Can't wait. <laughs> It's going to be fun. It's going to be scary, but it's going to be a fun scary. So I'm excited to see where it takes me. Definitely. Now, this has been just such an incredible conversation. I could definitely, you know, continue this on for quite a while. Right? And, yes. <laughs> Um, but I'm so excited to hear everything that you're doing. I'm very impressed with, you know, what you're doing in your practice as well. And I would love to know Thank for, you. of course, um, for our listeners who may be interested in connecting with you, um, maybe they want to get a coach and learn a little bit more about pushing through that burnout and getting to a healthy, happy place. How can listeners find you and connect? Yes. I mean, there's multiple ways where I've been a little bit more active is I've jumped on the bandwagon of TikTok. <laughs> and I think it's a good video. It's a good way because you're seeing videos. So it's a good way to kind of get to know someone. So you can find me on there if you kind of just like want to want to get to know me, want to see my face, hear my voice and see the dogs. So you kind of get <laughs> to know me. My handle is mental health coach, Erica. So you can find me on there. And then if you do want to connect with me and you want to book a session, I do offer complimentary connection calls. So you can just go to connectwitherica.com. Super simple. And you can book a connection call there. And then we can chat about, you know, what you're looking for, what you're struggling with and see if I can help you and if I'm the right fit for you. And yeah, we can go from there and then I can talk to you about how you can work with me. So my TikTok, again, it's mental health coach, Erica. I think that's just a really great way to kind of get to know someone and see if you kind of connect with that person. I think connecting with someone you want to hire as a coach is a really big thing because if you don't feel that connection, if you don't kind of feel 
a vibe with them, I guess is a good way to put it. It can be hard to work with someone. So you really want to be able to have that connection and then connect with Erica.com is a way you can schedule a call with me. Perfect. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. I think you're so right about having that connection with your coach and you know, really, really vibing with them because that's how you're, yeah, gonna, yeah. That's how you're going to make the changes. I may not, if I'm not the right one, I can help you find someone. And it's not every coach is going to fit every client and every client's not going to fit every coach. So definitely. Well, I so appreciate you coming on and for sharing with us today. Thank you for having me. And this was so much fun. Again, like I could continue talking as well, but we'll let the listeners go. <laughs> but thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And I, love having these conversations. And even if this episode helps someone, that's what I'm here to do. I loved chatting with Erica and found her advice really, really resonated with me. Her tips for overcoming burnout are incredibly actionable. I know that I personally struggle with the work-life balance situation, so I'm definitely going to try to create that demarcation in the day like she talked about. I also really loved our talk about building self-confidence. I think women especially are so quick to bring ourselves down and make ourselves smaller that we don't often see how amazing we are. So even celebrating those small wins is huge for so many of us and can make such a difference in our lives. I've linked all of Erica's information in the show notes, so be sure to check out her amazing content and learn more about what she has to offer. Now, before we go, it is time in our show for another Ask Me Anything question. And this week, it's a wanderlust question. Our listener asks, what are your top five travel destinations? This is a really tough question, and I think it's going to have to be a two-parter because this person asked not only, you know, places that I've been to, but places that I haven't been to. So we'll stick to the ones I have visited for this one, and I can get into my wish list in another episode. So Savannah, Georgia is one of my very favorite cities. It's a short drive from where I live, and I love the way that the historic part of town is structured in those squares. And I love the historic homes, the artsy culture, the tea shops, the food and all the people that are out walking their dogs. It's such a dog-friendly city, so I absolutely love Savannah. I loved D.C. It was actually the last place that I traveled to prior to the pandemic, and it will be my first flight out since the pandemic started, and that was one of those cities where I could really see myself living, so definitely D.C. Now, Erica and I talked about this one in the rapid-fire questions, but New Orleans is a city with such a great vibe. One of my favorite travel memories to this date was eating beignets and drinking hot chocolate on a cold morning at Cafe Du Monde with my mom. That was such a fun memory and something that I will never forget. And um, as far as my other two, I absolutely loved Israel when I was in college. I definitely want to go back someday. There's so much that I got to see, but still so much that I haven't seen yet. And finally, I love Paris. I've been a few times now. I can't really speak a word of French, but there's just something so magical about this city. So those are my top five. For now, it changes periodically. So I'm sure that the next place that I go will end up on the list as well. There's just so many amazing cities and just so many places out there that are so incredible. But this was such a fun one to really think about my former travels and get to share just a little piece of that. So if you have a question you'd like to submit for an Ask Me Anything, it can be travel related, wellness. We talked about reality TV last week, really anything that you'd like to ask, please send it my way at Valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net or feel free to shoot it over to me on Instagram at wellnessandwanderlustblog. We're talking about all kinds of topics on here, so please feel free to send over whatever you would like to know. As always, I want to thank you for being a part of this journey with me. Thanks for tuning in. And if you have a topic you'd like us to explore in a future episode or a guest that you would like us to have on the show, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or by email. And don't forget that one of the best ways you can lend your support to the show, if you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts so that listeners can find the show better, learn a little bit more about it. It really only takes a few minutes out of your day, but it means all the world to podcasters out there. So if you find yourself tuning in from week to week and you're enjoying this show I would so love to hear your thoughts I hope everybody has a wonderful day free from burnout and I cannot wait to see you next week